Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Before the show, here's the shout out to our new sponsor, Ferro Wine. Ferro Wine has been the largest wine shop in Italy since 1920. They have generously supplied us with our new t-shirt. Would you like one? Just donate 50 euros and it's all yours. Plus, we'll throw in our new book, Jumbo Shrimp Guide to International Grape Varieties in Italy. For more info, go to italianwinepodcast.com and click donate. Or check out Italian Wine Podcast on Instagram. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Andrea Di Fabio from Cantina Tollo in the Abruzzo region of Italy. Welcome, Andrea. How, how long have you been with uh, Cantina Tollo? How did you start working there? Hi, Monty. Thanks, uh, everyone, for being here. And uh, I'm really happy to be with you, to share this moment with you. Uh, I'm in Cantina Tollo since 2004, so uh, more or less 17 years. And what is your role? I'm general manager in company. Okay, so you're, you're one of the best known cooperatives, if not the best known cooperative in uh, in Italy. Uh, why has Cantina Tollo been so successful over the years? And when was it founded and why? Uh, you're really nice with us. Uh, we think to be one of the best, one, the best cooperatives. We don't know if we are the best one, but... We try to do it, and we, we work to, do, to to achieve this uh, award. Our secret is trying to follow uh, always the a good balance between the quality of the life, the quality of the job, and the quality of the the grapes. <laughs> you know, it's not easy since we have a very uh, special mission uh, in in the com- our company as uh, to manage. Uh, economic sustainability, economic uh, um, environmental sustainability, and also social sustainability. So we try to work with people and try to do our best regarding uh, all the activities, starting from the grape uh, to the bottle. So in terms of um, viticulture, um, what are you doing um, in the vineyard? Do you have any organic vineyards? Yes, we have a part of our vineyards that are organic, uh, more or less the 10% uh, of the total uh, amount of the hectares. We, we manage more or less uh, 2,700 hectares. That's to say our uh, organic part is uh, between 250 and 300 hectares. So that's that's a quite a good percentage, isn't it? Ten percent. Why is who decides about going organic? Is, is it the growers themselves? Do they get any help from the cooperative as an institution? How does that work? Uh, it was uh, our growers' uh, aim. Uh, they started uh, by themselves uh, thirty years ago. And I have to say they were really smart since uh, actually they gave us the chance to to manage um, a, a part of the market that is really growing. Uh, and actually uh, our production is, uh, as I told you, 10% of the total amount of the production and it's similar to the amount uh, of the turnover. So they were really pioneers 
but they were uh, they had a very good intuition. So what about markets? How is the Italian market right now, given the fact that we're still um, in Italy near the end of uh, COVID? And what about international markets? Yeah, the situation is... Um, as, as to say, it's developing right now, you know, um, we can't say it, we are out of the pandemic. There was a very difficult situation in the past uh, 15, 16 months. Um, it's really uh, focused uh, on Oreca uh, channel because the problem were for restaurants, uh, cafe, wine bars and so on, and wine shops, of, of course. Uh, actually, Italy is uh, restarting. Uh, I have to say that in the last uh, week, uh, we saw a push in uh, in orders coming from the Oreca market. Uh, but I have to say we are very lucky since we managed the, uh, starting from the nineties, uh, late nineties, also the supermarket channel. In the, in the, in the export market, we are uh, working uh, more or less sixty countries, and uh, we had some problems, of course, for the export since we work uh, mostly in the Oreca channel, in the home trade channel. Uh, more or less ninety percent of our export market are on on, uh, on trade. Um, so actually, we are seeing uh, some re- some countries are recovering the gap, uh, but uh, it's a, a slowly a slow start. Sure, but at least you're seeing light light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we. I hope we can say it's the we see the end of the tunnel. Um, I don't, I'm not sure since if you, um, I know, um, you know, it's, uh, sometimes it are, it's, uh, there are rumors, uh, sometimes there are fake news, but some countries, uh, especially um, serious countries, uh, like Germany is, uh, are speaking about, uh, the fourth wave, uh, that is really, uh, near uh, and uh, because of obviously, obviously of the um, different uh, kind of uh, COVID uh, that are now yeah the, the, the variants yeah 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 the Delta for example that is coming they see from they say from uh, India or Pakistan or, or it's a mix um, so I think we have to be a little bit careful when we we say that. Uh, we see the end of the tunnel. Uh, I hope it's uh, um, this is the uh, this is real, but uh, cross finger. <laughs> what about the, what about the demographics of your um, your grape growers or the socia? Is the average age sort of around fifty, or is it older than that, or is it younger? No, fifty um, percent of our growers uh, they are over fifty years old. And it's not their first job, uh, but uh, you know the, the, the our uh, vineyards are really small in Abruzzo, uh, so we have, um, as I told you before, more or less two hundred seven uh, two thousand seven hundred hectares among seven hundred farmers. That's to say, uh, uh, there's an average uh, of hectare for farmer that is uh, three four hectare. 
and especially for the ones that are over 50 years old uh the average is going down so the uh, we have uh, one hectare one hectare and a half so it's like a family job uh but it, it's the second the third job uh and it's the the reason why they they gave us um, very good product because they are really addicted they love uh, they are completely in love with their uh, vineyards what about the um the, the terroir of the the area i mean abruzzo it seems like a simple thing to to understand as a region you know trebbiano abruzzo etc but it's quite a complex terroir where you are is that correct yeah it's it's various terroir since we are in the hill five kilometers from the sea and 25 from the mountain. Sometimes we have calcareous terroir. In some other location, we have uh, sand. Uh, it's, um, it's different. Uh, it's, various, it's very various in uh, two, three kilometers square. So I can't uh, give you a, an exact definition of the, the terroir. It's very complex, very various. And what about some of the grape varieties? you work with oh we work with the obviously autochthonous grapes that's say montepulciano cerasuolo trebbiano pecorino passerina cococciola but we work also with the international uh, grapes such as chardonnay merlot cabernet sauvignon since we have a very uh, wide range of products uh, a, a way uh, an important portfolio of, of, of uh, countries and, um, you know, it's really important for us to have also some weapons uh, such as Chardonnay or Merlot or Cabernet Sauvignon sometimes. How easy is it styling wines um, from a cooperative perspective for the international market? Say so you're selling to, I don't know, um, selling, you, you got, you're selling wine to the UK, the USA and Canada for similar wines. What kind of adjustments do they, those markets tend to ask you for in terms of acidity or sweetness or oak? How fussy are they? I understand, and sorry, sorry. Uh, we try to manage uh, how to say customer's taste is really important for us, uh, but we want to maintain our authenticity. So uh, usually uh, you will find uh, wines from Cantinatolo that are mm, sometimes different from the wines uh, coming from the, the same region. Since we try, as I told you at the beginning, we, we try to respect the grape. We try to maintain the original characteristics of the grapes. Uh, obviously, we are in line with the, the trends. So we try to maintain the alcohol at low uh, level. Uh, the residual for us actually is not a key point uh, since uh, we think that uh, we can manage the complexity the balance uh, in, a, in a wine and also the roundness in different ways, such as using wood, such as using cement and so on. So you're saying so much, like less, uh, less oaky wine, for example? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, always it's a, a trend. And 10, 15 years ago, there was a, a big increase of oaky wines, uh, especially aged in, uh, in different kinds of woods, uh, um, like, for example, American toasted wood. Actually, we see trend is uh, use sometimes wood, big barrels, tonneau, uh, but also big barrels. Um, and I have to say that regarding Montepulciano, um, 
it's uh, you know in the past uh, you had only some uh, only one way to try to keep low uh, the acidity the tannin uh, and it was aging the wine in the barrel uh, actually there are different philosophies we are uh, working on uh, concrete uh, aging Uh, in order to to manage the the strengthness of the grape, and um, I have to say that wood actually is not so important. What, what about the local um, cuisine with, the, with um, the wines that you make? And um, what would you recommend somebody that's never tried a wine from your region before, um, or the food, and wants some suggestions for a family dinner? What would you recommend? Oh, I think that uh, we have uh, obviously. Our reds uh, have big, stronger tannins, so it, it's not easy to make pairings with all foods. Regarding the white, there are, I have to say that, for example, Passerina, Pecorino, that are white grapes that are growing a lot in the, in the past three, four years. Um, they're very good for pairings uh, with the um, appetizer, with the uh, fresh foods, uh, Um, Trebbiano is a really complex wine and it depends on the aging. Uh, it could be for a fresh pairing, but it could be also for uh, more structured meats, uh, for example, uh, or uh, important dishes with pasta and so on. So it's, um, I have to say that we have uh, very flexible grapes And uh, it depends on the, the, the way you manage the, the aging uh, and the products uh, for the pairing, for the related pairings. When you're doing bottling for chain, chains of stores in, say, Germany, France uh, and the US, how different is their approach to what they want for their customers in terms of wine style? It's not easy to say. It's, it's, uh, I think that uh, all countries... Actually, they do not have the same taste profile, but they have the same idea. I think they are growing a lot in the in the um, knowledge of the wines since they know uh, they know the authentic uh, taste of the grape. So, what is important for uh, the customers actually is try to find out. Um, with the exception of the packaging that is really important for actually for sales. But I think that regarding the taste of the wine, all the customers want to have a, an authentic and original wine. They do, do not, they don't want to have sugar, they, too much sugar, uh, with some exception, maybe China, maybe some other countries. But the, the taste is uh, developing a lot. Five years ago, I want to give you an example. Five years ago, the Russian market was focused totally on uh, sugar wines. Um, actually, they are searching wines that are not too much added with sugar. The evolution, I think uh, it's going toward uh, a wine really simple, really drinkable, I think. And I, I'm not sure that uh, actually uh, the trend... Uh, Uh, that is also a requirement that is coming from EU regarding the low alcohol uh, will be successful in wine. Uh, I think that um, it's, a, it's, yes, we have to find out a, tr a compromise regarding the quality of the, the juice 
and uh, the liver, the amount of the alcohol, the alcohol inside. So, uh, but I think that regarding our region, we have uh, different chances since you can find also different uh, kind of location for the vineyards. We go from the mountain where we have, for example, a vineyard at 900 meters uh, of altitude, going to the, the hills uh, at 200 meters uh, of altitude. And this is really important since uh, you, could, you could manage, you could work with the, the same grape, but with different uh, kind of results, with different kind of uh, organolectic feedbacks. Okay. What are, what are the future plans for the cooperative? Have you got any new um, innovations? Uh, yes, we are working uh, with uh, the idea to become a group. Actually, we have uh, four companies in our uh, group. Three uh, of them are focused on uh, Abruzzo wines. One is working uh, uh, on multi-regional offer organic wines, but we want to expand our group uh, to the other regions in Italy in order to have uh, an approach that is, um, how to say, in Italian wines, not only Abruzzo wines. Uh, it, this is really important for us since it's a key, a success key in the, um, in the market. Uh, uh, you know, uh, when you're a buyer, especially regarding uh, smaller uh, ones, uh, you don't have time to, to speak with so much uh, supplier. Uh, you don't have a big uh, warehouse. You need sometimes uh, to manage your liquidity. Uh, so, we try to manage the idea of group uh, working with different company with different regions uh, since we could offer inside one pallet of wines uh, seven six uh, regions and seven six different kind of uh, grapes not only coming from abruzzo i just want to say thanks to my guest today andrea di fabio from cantina Tollo in the abruzzo region of italy uh, thanks for telling us about the co-op and some of your uh, historic achievements and some of your future plans take it easy thanks monty thanks a lot thanks andrea grazie mille grazie a te Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.